Well, hey, aloha and good morning, church. Uh, welcome, and thank you for sharing your worship experience with us, especially to hear God's Word. Uh, today is Communion Sunday, so please uh, have your juice and your cup ready, your cup and your bread, rather, the elements, so that we can receive and partake of uh, the Lord's Supper at the conclusion of our worship service together. All right, so uh, if you would grab your Bible and open it to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. We are continuing our first Peter study called Stand Firm. It's based on the concluding section in 1 Peter chapter 5, where Peter says, Stand firm in the true grace that is in Christ Jesus. And we're standing firm in who God is and His finished work at the cross through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. This is the solid rock in which we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. So go in the chat box. Uh, go ahead and type in amen. All right. Um, so today we'll be talking about growing in grace. So we are to stand firm in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, the true grace, as Peter says. But we're also to grow in grace, grow in salvation. Have you experienced things in life where you can never go back to the way things were? That's to say, like, uh, have you, you guys know what I'm talking about, where it's one of those, I was today's years old when I discovered or I found out about this. Remember when uh, smartphones first came out? All young people, they just call them phones now. But back in the day, they had smartphones and they had data. And I was one of those reluctant people. I was like, I don't need that. I just... I'm not going to be on my phone, but when smartphones came out, it changed everything with maps and navigation and email and texting and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, uh, not only social media, but calculator, everything. It changed everything. And you cannot go back to the way things were with regular flip phones that just call, right? Once you've experienced that, uh, can I tell you the God honest truth? There is... A poke place in Manoa, Flavor Town. It's called Off the Hook Poke Market. And man, I've tasted the fresh, onolicious, mouth-watering, spicy ahi combo with cold ginger, with brown rice, with all the toppings. And it has completely ruined my poke eating experience. Because before Off the Hook, it's like, my wife, who would do hospitality runs for the church on, on Fridays or Saturdays, she's like, hey, babe, I'm here at uh, Sam's Club. They have poke today. It's a fresh one. It's not previously frozen. And $8, you get a full big. It's like, how much you like? And they keep adding the poke. And, man, I was completely satisfied. Or I used to work at the, I used to work from the Starbucks in Coco Aina Haina Shopping Center. And I'd go to Foodland and get my poke. But ever since I had off the hook, like it's ruined my poke eating experience. I can never go back to the way things were. Uh, there's a poke shop in Coco Marina. I'm not going to say the name, but it rhymes with Paina Cafe. But I, I, it used to satisfy me, but I found out they used previously frozen with fresh fish. And now, like I cannot not have any other poke except off the hook. Like it completely ruined it for me. Um, how many of you travel? How many of you have TSA pre-check? I mean, there's no monetary value that you could put on TSA pre-check where 
You don't have to wait in a long line. You don't have to take off your shoes, take off your slippers, unpack your backpack, take off your laptop, take off your iPad, put in a separate bin, take off your belt buckle. And with TSA PreCheck, boom, close up, you know, shoes on, everything, just walk through. I mean, I can never go back to not having TSA PreCheck. Well, our text this morning in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it describes the fifth area or sphere where being born again, it changes everything. You can never go back to the way things were once you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Once you've been born again, anaginao in Greek, once you've been made alive in Christ Jesus, your hope will never be the same. Verse 13, that your holiness, verses 15 through 16, be holy for I am holy, you will never be the same. And living in fear, uh, meaning that we have, we're in this reverential awe because God has redeemed us from a way of utility. Uh, living in fear will never be the same. And today, last week, we talked about uh, that we are to have this purified love because we've been sprinkled with His blood, verses 22 to 25, chapter 1 that our love is pure and it is clean. And from the place of forgiveness and pure love, we could then love others. And this morning, we're gonna be talking about growing in grace, that we are gonna grow and mature in God's grace because we've been born again and we will never be the same. So let's turn to our text, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses one to three. Verse one, it says, "'Put away all malice and all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, and this is what I want to emphasize on, that by it you may grow up in salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Um, Father, we thank you, Lord. As your word says in Psalm 34, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So we've tasted, we've seen, we've experienced the goodness of God. So Lord, I just pray right now that you would speak life into your word. I pray that you would uh, stir our affections, our hearts, Lord God, to um, be changed and transformed by the power of your spirit. And dear Father, we... Uh, are not forgetful of our brothers and sisters and those in suffering in Ukraine. We pray for your blessing, Lord. We pray for your peace. We pray for your protection. We pray that you would put uh, uh, instant and the decisive end to this war. I pray that you would spare lives. I pray that the church would rise up and, and that what the enemy intended for evil, you would turn this around for your good. Lord, we love you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have you ever felt stagnant about your relationship with God? Like, do you ever feel like your spiritual growth has been stunted? Like, have you encountered growth barriers in your walk with Jesus where it seems like you could never grow and it seems like you're always in this place of um, immaturity? that you're always going back to the way things were before you came to know Christ of envy and anger and slander and covetousness where there's no 
um, growth, very little to no growth. Maybe part of the problem is that uh, you, we think that spiritual growth is just going to happen. We think, I've received Jesus, I've said yes, I did a sinner's prayer, and it'll be smooth sailing. And not only will it be smooth sailing, but it'll be this perfect upward uptick, this upward trajectory of being saved, and now I'm just going to be mature and grow into this perfect little Christian. But that's not how it is, right? Growth, we think it's like this, a maturity but growth and deep discipleship, it, it, it makes these little uh, upward, it, it might go, it's not like straight up like that. It, it's slow. Sometimes you plateau, sometimes you decline a little bit, but you're slowly growing into maturity in Christ. And our text says that we're to do two things, that we're to put away, get rid of malice, envy, hypocrisy, deceit. Put those things away and long for the spiritual milk. And the purpose that we do these things is so that we can grow in grace. And here's the main point I want us to live out this morning. Would you write this down? Spiritual growth is not automatic. It's just not like praise Jesus, automatic, right? Spiritual growth is not automatic. Growing in grace, which is spiritual growth, is a result of passive resistance to the flesh and active pursuit of God. So there's two points that you, if you want to grow in grace, that you must have this passive resistance, rid yourselves of these things, but actively pursue God, long for, crave, desire the pure spiritual milk so that Here's that purpose clause, so that, in order that you may grow into salvation. Spiritual growth just doesn't happen by happenstance. Being emotionally and spiritually healthy, it's not automatic. It's not just going to happen like when the sun rises and the sun falls. It's, it just doesn't happen naturally. It, it takes effort and work. Uh, Philippians says that work out your salvation with fear and trembling because it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Just because you said yes to Jesus, yes, you've been declared holy, yes, you've been justified by God. Now is the process, in theology we call this sanctification, where you are being made clean, that you are growing in Christ's likeness in your character, in your thoughts, in your words, in your actions, in your priorities. Being saved is instant, but you continue to be saved, like, like what I mentioned last week. There was a dear brother in Christ, uh, his name is Evan Fujimoto, and he painstakingly uh, made us a her an herb garden in our backyard. Like he went to our house, he spocked that out, I was like, okay, I see what you need. So he got wood, he cut it, he dug, um, uh, through her backyard, made this little, um, I'd say, six by ten planter box, and he got us, um, he got us uh, cilantro, tomatoes, thyme, mint, rosemary, basil, and after he put it together, 
he planned this like pastor john i want to bless you with an herb garden and so we're like yeah we have an herb garden and we you know whenever we needed a basic uh herbs like for bruschetta or rosemary for chicken hey no more going to food land no more we could just go to the backyard and enjoy organic pesticide free range free herbs well that lasted for about a month because i thought it was just going to be automatic. I'll have, yay, I have an herb garden and I'll have it for the rest of my life and we'll, we'll get it. But I would miss a day or two of watering or maybe three, maybe even a week of watering. I'm like, oh man, so I overcompensate and I overwater. Once I overwater, then all the grass and all the weeds started growing and I wouldn't have time to, um, to pick them up and I would just forget about it. I had other stuff to do and, and uh, the herb garden is now... Sorry, Evan, it's now completely just dead. You know, my dad who started living with us is like, what is that? How come you have wood there? It's like, oh, dad, that was supposed to be an herb garden. Why? Because I thought it would be automatic. I didn't know that. I didn't really take into fact that, into consideration that I had to water, that I had to take out the weeds, that I had to put on nutrients and put in uh, uh, different types of soil and maintain it. Like how much more for your soul? How much more, Jesus said in Mark chapter 5, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? For what will a man give? What will a man trade for his own soul? And if this is true of something as simple as an herb garden, how much more for your soul? So in chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, I said that there's two commands that we're to put away all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, and not just do that, but we're to long or desire pure spiritual milk. And here's the uh, two action points for us. Would you write this down? Rid yourself of relational rot. Rid yourself. If you want to grow in Christ-likeness, if you want to mature in your character, you must rid yourself of relational rot. Look at uh, verses 1, or verse 1 it says, so put away, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Now this word uh, put away, it was common to, to, for Christians, um, especially in the letters of Paul, that it's an idea of uh, stripping ourselves of vices or clothing ourselves with virtues. So for example, look at Romans uh, chapter 13. So then let us cast off or put away the works of darkness. Galatians 3.27, put on Christ. Ephesians 4.22, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through this deceitful desires. Colossians 3 verse 8, clothe yourselves with a heart of mercy and kindness, humility and gentleness. And in James chapter 1, verse 21, put away filthiness and rampant, rampant wickedness. So this idea of putting away, it draws a picture of, of bad habits that it needs to be cut off, that it needs to be eliminated. And we need to now develop good habits in our lives. Only Peter uses this word, rid yourselves rid yourselves what are we supposed to rid ourselves of all malice 
meaning a feeling of hostility, a strong dislike with a possible implication of desiring to do harm. Ephesians 4.31 says it's this hateful feeling. The Greek word there is kakia. Rid yourself of the relational rot of what? All deceit, which is to deceive by using trickery and falsehood. Romans 3.13, to deceive and to trick into treachery. Of all hypocrisy, what does it mean to getting rid of hypocrisy? To give an impression of having certain purposes or motivation while in reality having quite different ones. To pretend to act hypocritically or pretense or hypocrisy. Uh, this word, the idiom of it in Greek, it's like uh, to have two faces or to have two tongues or to, have two, to be two people or to have two hearts. It's used in Luke chapter 20 where they sent spies who pretended to be righteous in order to trap him in some statement that they were hypocrites, that they were uh, disguising and being deceitful. All envy, which is a state of ill will towards someone because of some real or presumed advantage experienced by such a person, which is envy and jealousy. And lastly, all slander, which is to speak evil against someone often involving, uh, often evil, to speak evil of or to slander. You know, I had lunch one time with a person who used to go to our church and uh, took them out to lunch. And as we were talking, they, they were just discussing and talking about, I was like, hey, oh, oh, pastor, you know that person? I'm like, which one? You know, no, 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 don't look, don't look. But that person, we used to be friends, but, you know, she was jealous of me and totally just, um, we're not even friends anymore. I'm like, oh, okay. And as we started talking, um, there was a pattern of not being able to not being able to keep and maintain relationships and she was like oh we he's like oh you know that house oh that house that that person that house the owner of that we used to be friends but something happened and um you know we're not friends anymore and i was beginning to see a a pattern where hey it's a you problem not a they problem it seems to be like the common denominator in all these things is with them. And this word put away, um, in NIV it says rid yourselves of. In the Greek, this is a middle uh, tense verb, meaning that it's something that you do to yourself. What am I saying? What I'm saying is just like on a weekly basis, you got to clip your fingernails. You got to do it yourself. Or you cut your hair. For the ladies, you pluck your eyebrows. The growth is going to happen. Whatever it is, it's something that you need to do to yourself. And the, the first thing that we're to get rid of is this relational rot. Envy and malice and deceit and lying and hypocrisy. All of it, if you want to grow in the way of Jesus, if you want to mature as a believer, these feelings you have to get rid of. You need to empty yourself with it. You know, I started this proposition, the sermon with that maybe our growth spiritually, it's stunted and that there are barriers to our growth. There's hindrances to our growth. 
And listen carefully. You cannot be spiritually mature while being relationally immature at the same time. That's to say, it's impossible for you to claim, yeah, I'm spiritually mature, I have this title, I'm an elder, I'm a council member, I'm a Bible study leader, I'm this at church, and claim that you're spiritually mature, but at the same time, you are relationally immature. Another way to think about it is, Jesus says, hey, if you're at the temple, and you're at the altar, and you're making sacrifice unto God, and you're worshiping God, and there at the altar in the gospel, Matthew chapter 5, verse chapter 5 and chapter 7, it says, you remember that your brother has something against you. You put your, you leave your sacrifice at the altar, you put a break to it of your worship, the worship of the living God is interrupted, Pause, leave your, altar, your sacrifice at the altar, go to your brother, make things right, then resume back into worship. So do you see how important relationships are? Later on in 1 Peter, we're going to read that husbands, live your wives with an understanding way so that your prayers will not be hindered. Men, if you don't treat your, woman, your wife with respect, with dignity, with honor, with care, and with grace, your prayers are not going to reach past the ceiling. Your prayers will be suppressed. Your prayers will be hindered if we don't take care of our relational, our, our relationships, our, our horizontal relationships. We cannot progress vertically if we are stunted horizontally. That's why 1 Peter says, hey, therefore, the Greek word there is un. Uh, the ESV says so. Uh, the NIV says therefore. Therefore, in light that you've been born again by the Spirit of God, put away all these relational rots, talking stink about someone, being jealous of someone, right? Um, being hypocrites, only making relationships with people so that you can get something from them or they can elevate you into a different social economic status or uh, they have a lot of Instagram followers and then their followers can follow you since now that you're friends with them and you take selfies with them. Put all that away. And this is the reason how you and I, we are to have um, growth. Put away these things so that you may grow in the way of grace in the salvation of the way. You know, I have uh, point number two, verses uh, three to five, but I'll put it away for now. I think we could just sit here and marinate. Let me ask you, are you born again? Because in verse three, it says, if you have tasted that the Lord is good. I want to be very clear here. This phrase, tasted that the Lord is good, this is not referring to common grace. In other words, every person that's ever lived on this earth that has, breath in the, that has given breath in this earth, they have experienced common grace. They've, um, they've, Jesus says, the, God causes His sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. He causes his rain, the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. What does that mean? That... 
you don't have to be a Christian to enjoy a good steak. That you don't have to be a believer to uh, appreciate the beauty of uh, the ocean or the mountains, going on a diamond head hike or a makapu hike. This goodness of God, um, Psalm 19 says that the glory of the Lord has is displayed. It shouts that you see beauty, you see majesty of God in creation, and that's common grace. To eat good food, to eat a cold brew coffee, to have a diet coke with um, a plate lunch. These are all great things. And you don't have to be a Christian. That's called common grace, where every person... Believer, unbeliever, uh, Christian or not, they experience the goodness of God and His provision for all of creation. What Peter is referring to here is being born again. That's to say that if you have been born again, if you have been birthed, if you have repented of your sins, confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead, you have been made new. You are now a Christ follower. You have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And if you have tasted that, would you put away this relational rot, as I'd like to call it? Put away envious, envy, put away malice, deceiving people, lying to get yourself ahead, hypocrisy, having impure motives so that the work of God can continue and that you would grow in grace. Amen. And as we do that, we're going to partake of the communion this morning. Hey, let's prepare our hearts and our souls uh, for communion uh, this morning. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord, which I now deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it, he blessed it. He gave thanks. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat of this in remembrance of me. And as we eat of the bread and drink of the cup this morning, I encourage you to examine yourself. Is there any relational rot in your life that needs to be pruned, that needs to be brought under the power of the cross? Through the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus died for your sins, but he did not remain dead. He was resurrected so that we can get rid of, so that we can put away these relational barriers that's stunting our growth, that's causing us to be immature, that's causing us to be easily offended. The Holy Spirit right now, he's working and he wants to do a new work in you. And as you eat this bread, I'll pray that the Lord would give you strength and sustenance and that you would take on the easy yoke of Jesus, believe in the gospel, and allow His Spirit to work in you. Lord, we thank you for your broken body. It's through your broken body that we have wholeness, healing, and restoration. So I just pray right now that as we eat this bread, that you would sustain your people with your goodness. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So would you strengthen us as your people in Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and eat of the bread. In the same manner, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant of my blood. Drink of this as often as you eat, for as often as you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's drink of the cup together and proclaim the life death and the resurrection of Jesus.
Amen. Amen, you guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We would love to see you 10 o'clock every Sunday at our new location, Kahala Mall, and the second floor, the old T-Mobile, right next to H&R Block. It's the same floor, same level as Ross. Just go up to Hunukai, make a left. It'll be on your left-hand side for live worship, for live um, fellowship, and also hearing the Word of God together and prayer. We love you guys. Um, the Lord bless you and keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you. He be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace and be, be with you. We love you. Have an amazing week. Take care.